brought to you by the students at Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. To start off today's show, we have an interview with Mr. Jackson Daniel, the Assistant Superintendent of Personnel and Operations of Monroe County Schools. Hi, I'm Alan Simmons with MPTV and joining us today is Mr. Jackson Daniel from Monroe County Schools to tell us a little more about his role. Hello, it's good to be here. Can you fill us in on your personal educational history? Okay, so I grew up up the road in Griffin, um, so not too far away, but uh, I'm a product of Griffin Spalding County Schools and graduated from Griffin High School a number of years ago. Uh, from there, I went to uh, Gordon College, which at that time was still two-year, and so I uh, earned an associate's degree in business, uh, left Gordon, and then went to LaGrange College and uh, received a bachelor's of business administration at LaGrange um, and so that's also where I met my wife and, and uh, our, got our family started and all, of, all three of my children have gone to LaGrange College as well. Um, after that uh, my first business career was actually in uh, journalism in daily and weekly newspapers so I worked in Griffin and worked in a number of communities and landed here in Forsyth with the Monroe County Reporter and so I uh, did that for about 11 years and ended up as editor and publisher of The Reporter before uh, I was asked to come join the staff of the school system. And so uh, my first job was as business manager. Basically, I worked with the budgeting and the finance department. And over the years, um, have just moved sort of up with responsibilities. And so now I'm assistant superintendent for personnel and operations. So. Um, beyond that, uh, a lot of professional development over the years with uh, budget classes and uh, business administration classes with strictly related to school system. And um, about four years ago, uh, after my children finished all of their schooling, I went back to school and uh, rather late in life and earned a master's degree in philanthropy and development so that is working with nonprofits which does include the school system in developing resources and uh, working on getting community support for those resources and uh, sometimes it involves fundraising so that's sort of the path that I've taken to get to where I am today how long and in what capacities have you worked with Monroe County Schools I'm actually finishing my 25th year uh, of working with the school system um, and so uh, have seen and done a lot of things during that time um, like I said I started off strictly working with the business end of the school system so dealing with with budget planning budget administration uh, financial reporting uh, and and things like that um, over the years that has changed and has grown uh, in the number of years I've been here and then have taken on other um, responsibilities and so in my current position um, with the school system and I may be kind of bridging over into your next question here but um, I'm in charge of the support side of the school system now I'm I'm one of the people that got into the education field 
uh, without going through a classroom. I never taught, uh, did not come up through the traditional uh, education route of teaching and then moving into administration. So uh, basically my responsibilities are just about everything that happens outside of the classroom. So we have an assistant superintendent for teaching and learning who handles curriculum and teaching issues and then I deal with all of the other things. So under my umbrella is the business side of the school system. Uh, I also oversee and work with school nutrition. So everything that goes on in the cafeteria with feeding uh, our students. I work with transportation, so getting folks to and from school on the uh, buses and also um, field trips and athletic trips and, and things like that. Uh, also oversee facilities and so um, I deal with making sure that the buildings are uh, in good shape, that they are maintained and that they are operational so that everyone stays comfortable and safe. And then I also um, oversee and, and work with uh, the personnel side of the school system. And so that is the business side of, of hiring, paying, making sure that our employees have benefits and have the resources that they need. Whether you're a custodian or whether you're a teacher or a bus driver, do you have everything that you need to do your job well and to do it safely? So. Um, one very huge focus over the last couple of years has been safety and so that falls kind of under my umbrella. Now I don't do all of this by myself, I've got folks in charge of every uh, one of those areas. Good folks that do it on a daily basis and then I'm there to support them. One of the things with the operations side is we are 100% to support the teachers and the students in the classroom. So one of my analogies that I like to uh, share with people uh, at your house or here in school, if the, on a warm day, if the air conditioning is running, you don't pay it a lot of attention, but you have it go down so it's not running and it gets really hot in that classroom and stuffy, that's when you pay attention to that support system of air conditioning. And so all of our support systems are sort of the same way. As long as they're humming along and doing their job, uh, they don't get a great deal of attention, but uh, let one of them not work. Uh, if the student showed up in the cafeteria one day and there was nobody there cooking lunch, uh, nobody there to serve the chicken fingers and the french fries and the things that uh, the students like to eat, you would, you would notice that. But on a regular basis, you take it for granted because it just happens, and that's what that's what the operation side of the school system is supposed to be. It, it's, it's supposed to work and click uh, naturally and, and you just don't pay it a lot of attention because it's always there. What are some of your favorite Monroe County Schools memories? Okay, well I, I, I think that's easy. Even though I did not go to school here, I'm not necessarily a, a student product of Monroe County Schools. Um, when I came to Forsyth in Monroe County with the newspaper, I certainly got involved in a lot of things with the schools, and so my memories start before I ever worked here. Um, and one of the things I got to do was um, be on the sidelines at all of the football games during that period of time so that I could cover them for the newspaper. Um, and, and I think, you know, some of the memories relate to 
uh, Coach Dan Pitts, who the football stadium is named for, legendary coach, still in the community, and still see him every once in a while. And uh, I got to be on the sidelines the night he broke the state record for the uh, number of wins in the state. He became the winningest football coach in Georgia at that time. Uh, that was certainly uh, exciting. I can remember some particular football games that uh, I wasn't around for the state championship, but I was around for some very deep games into the state playoffs, and those were very special times. Um, I can remember one that uh, it was Mary Persons of Washington County, and I believe both teams were undefeated going into that game, and there were probably uh, 2,000 more people than the stadium would hold. And at that time, there were pine trees in the uh, southern end zone closest to the practice field. And you had people actually climbed up and sat on the limbs in those trees and watched the game. And uh, when something big happened on the field, you could feel it on the ground because it was just that was that big a crowd. Um, some other um, you know, special things, all three of my children came through Monroe County Schools. And so you know, everything from attending honors nights with them to um, their sports activities. All three of my children played soccer um, when they were in school here. And um, my daughter was actually the first four-year player. So when soccer started, she was on the very first soccer team and she played all four years. She was in high school, ninth through 12th grade. And so um, she, um, she did that. And then she went on to play some college ball. My other my younger son also played in college at LaGrange College and played soccer. So those were very special times, seeing all three of my children graduate, uh, walk across the field at Mitchell Field and get their diplomas and, uh, and then come back to, now they're old enough now, they come back to some reunion activities. So uh, all, all of those have been great memories. And then my wife is a retired school teacher, so she taught uh, here are 27 of her 30 years. She taught in Monroe County and retired, and she's actually um, now doing some sub work in the school system. Today she is at Hubbard Elementary, subbing in one of the uh, computer labs. And so, um, you know, even though I didn't go and my wife didn't go to Mary Persons, we're, we're a Monroe County Schools family, and uh, a lot of special things have happened since we've been in town and been uh, privileged to be a part of it. So. We see you at many uh, Monroe County Schools events with your camera. Is that is this one of your job duties or something else? Okay, uh, yes and no. Um, it, it is a part of my job, but it's not necessarily one of the direct duties that I have. So um, I have thoroughly enjoyed um, taking pictures of a lot of events, so I, I still um, you know, photography started off as a hobby. When I was in high school, I took pictures for the yearbook at Griffin High and uh, and went through most of my college life with a camera in my hand. Um, just, again, it was a hobby. It was just something fun to do. Um, and then it became a part of my job when I went to work for the newspaper. So uh, photojournalism and, and taking pictures. Now that was before digital, that was the old fashioned way with film and negatives and uh, actually had a dark room and would print our own pictures that went in the newspaper. So um, I, I have just enjoyed keeping up with photography, still keep a camera handy. And so a lot of Friday nights, I uh, like to go down on the sideline and take pictures of Mary Persons football, especially when my children were playing. I was on the soccer field with my camera a lot, taking pictures. Um, 
and, and most of those are for my use, although uh, some of the football pictures uh, at Mary Persons have gone out on social media and been a part of uh, the yearbooks from time to time and, and some of the promotional uh, work that we do with our uh, school website and, and things like that. So been fortunate to you know continue that hobby as, as a fun thing with uh, with the job and then um, you know when the Fine Arts Center opened when we have events there I like to take my camera in and take some pictures of the events and some of the uh, performers that we've had some of the school events and you know document those and uh, the Fine Arts Center website actually has a photo gallery and most of the pictures there I've taken um, going back to the very very first high school musical that was done um, by Mary Persons and Miss Spires class was a uh, Shrek Shrek Jr. and so there's a lot of pictures from one of that first performance um, that are out there so so again yes and no it is a, a part of my job but it's not really uh, a direct responsibility it's just one of those nice things you get to do working for the school system what does the future look like for our Fine Arts Center and what are some things you are hoping we can utilize that space for? Okay, um, well kind of going back to, to your question about um, school system memories, um, you know getting the Fine Arts Center uh, constructed and built has, has really been a special thing and, and I've been real blessed to have had a part uh, a very small part of that process and, and it's brought to the community um, sort of a, a new, um, a new side of, I guess, entertainment and and celebrating the arts and celebrating the the talented students that we have. So, um, the Fine Arts Center, of course, has been greatly affected by the pandemic. That uh, hopefully we're on the uh, tail end of. Um, keep my fingers crossed that that this is going to be be resolved very soon. But. Um, before the pandemic hit, for the first three years of the Fine Arts Center, we had something going on inside the Fine Arts Center practically every day. Um, there was either a student rehearsal, a student performance uh, from any of our schools. That includes all the elementary schools, the middle school, the high school. Um, the, between the band, the chorus, the theater departments, there was something every day going on in, in the Fine Arts Center. And then we've been blessed to be able to bring some professional uh, musicians in to do uh, full live concerts. And so when the pandemic hit, we had some things um, on on the schedule that we had to put on hold. And we're still holding on to, to some of those that we're going to be able to come back to them at some point. Um, we've, we've got some uh, professional perf performers that um, some of the high school students may not recognize the names, but your parents and grandparents certainly will. Uh, B.J. Thomas, Sandy Patty, uh, David Phelps, uh, Tony Orlando, uh, all of them are, are hoping to come just as soon as, as everything happens. So uh, the future of the Fine Arts Center, I think, is very strong. Students are, are doing some out-of-the-box things uh, with uh, videotaping and doing uh, virtual performances and doing some very socially distanced um, performances. So Miss Spires and some of uh, Mr. Hernandez and some of their students have already done some things that you know have been able to work around the restrictions of the pandemic. We're currently still under a, a state restriction that you can only have 20% of your audience. So for uh, a 1200 seat Fine Arts Center, 
we can only sit about 250 people right now and that makes some of the professional events cost prohibitive and so um, as soon as those restrictions as, as, as people um, get vaccinated and the instances of COVID drop and go down then we should be able to uh, come back and have those professional performers come in um, over the years with the professional performances we've had uh, uh, some legendary folks and um, and it's just been real special to get to meet them, spend time with them. Um, there, there's a song a lot of your fellow students would know, um, Bye Bye Miss American Pie, um, drove the Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. That's, that's a legendary song, it's about 50 years old. And the gentleman who wrote it and performed it, Don McLean, came and did a concert a few, uh, about two years ago. Uh, great night. Um, and to be able to meet him, sit down and talk with him, um, have, have dinner with him before he went out on the stage uh, was, was just a, a fun thing to do. So lots of good things that will come up and then um, all of the uh, music and band and drama students over at both the high school and the middle school and all three elementary schools are biting at the bit to get back on the stage and do their plays, do their musicals, and do their concerts. And so it's the first opportunity we're ready to, to get the doors open full and uh, fill the audience and fill the stage and go back to having lots of good performances. Um, ultimate goal for the Fine Arts Center is to give our students a, another platform to shine and to uh, perform and to do the things that they love doing. And so we've got uh, so many talented students that um, have a lot to give. And you know, we've, we've seen some folks already come through the Fine Arts Center and then go on to, to college and work on advanced degrees in uh, music production or performance or uh, band or um, you know, instrumental playing. So uh, it's just like athletics produces opportunities to go to college, Fine Arts does the same thing. And then um, haven't mentioned the visual arts, but um, you know we have a big lobby and we have display boards, and so we we frequently have uh, visual arts displays of, of drawings and paintings and sculpture that our students have done, and so that's that's a whole another piece of of that arts program. So so again, lots of good things to come. I think the future is very bright. We know that the school system's uh, budget this year was cut from the state but how much did the CARES Act allocations help that? Okay, um, we actually spent some time earlier this morning working on um, some of the CARES Act um, budget that, that is going to be available to us. So when with the implications of the financial and, and economic implications of the COVID, uh, the federal government has been able to uh, do some some legislation that allows some federal money to flow down to school systems and communities. And so um, what, it's, what it has done for us um, was when the budget was cut in uh, FY21, which is the, the fiscal year we're ending right now, um, we, we lost enough funding that we actually had to um, shorten the school year for our teachers. So teachers typically work 190 days and we actually uh, cut two days off. We did a calendar adjustment and reduced their contracts. And this was not just teachers, this was everybody in the system from the superintendent uh, to bus drivers to maintenance and everybody in between. So we cut two days off of their work year, which meant 
two full days of salary and benefits um, did not have to be spent. So that was a budget saving thing. Without the CARES money, that could have been four days or five days. And so the CARES money that came in allowed us to shorten the uh, calendar adjustment and keep our folks working more days than it would have. There's been some additional CARES money that has come in that um, is, is targeted for um, sort of getting students caught up. Now, you know, we all realize that uh, having to do online learning, having to do the sometimes face-to-face, -face, sometimes online, and not being in the classroom every day with, with teachers has um, affected the learning process. And so there's a lot of things coming down that will allow us to do some kind of bridge that gap and do some remediation with resources, with some additional learning opportunities, maybe adding some uh, teaching staff to our, uh, our staff numbers so that we've got extra hands in the classroom doing the work. So um, there's going to be more of that coming as we work on next year's budget. And, um, and like I said, we worked on it this morning and we work on it a little bit every day to make sure that we do what's best for our students. Um, first and foremost is going to be the education uh, and making sure that our students get the best teaching and learning opportunities that they can get. Uh, do we anticipate any more money coming from the federal government as a part of the latest stimulus package? Well, we do. There have actually been three um, iterations of CARES money, and so uh, CARES 1 came in, CARES 2 is in the process, and CARES 3 is a little bit in the future. And so we're kind of looking at all of that holistically to, to find the best ways, you know, some additional things that we can do. Are, um, we're looking at some enhancements to our heating and air systems to improve air quality. And that's not just related to COVID, but that's related to flu and pollen and cold season and things like that. So if our uh, air, air system um, can help clean the air and keep germs and viruses uh, out of the air, then we can, we can cut the spread of all of those um, illnesses when they occur. So that's one of the things that we're looking at with CARES money is to, to do some things there and uh, again just to provide additional resources in a lot of areas. So, uh, Can you explain some of the limitations on how that money can be spent? Yeah, it, it's not designed just to supplement a budget. Um, you know, it, it needs to be targeted to student learning and especially student learning that may have suffered during the pandemic. Uh, anything to keep our, our students safer, uh, anything, uh, a lot of technology possibilities to do so that the learning can continue better outside uh, the, the school building. Uh, one of the things we've already done is committed some funding to uh, an effort that our county commissioners are working on to expand internet service. And so uh, a lot of our students live in areas of the county that don't have uh, either don't have good internet service or they don't have any internet service and so there's an effort and we have have supported it financially with some of this cares money to expand internet um, service broadband internet out into areas of the community that don't have it so um, you can't just take this money and do anything you want to it there are certain parameters that uh, you that, that it needs to fall under and so we're working hard to make sure that that we meet those is there anything else you would like to share with the community? Um, I, I think just simply, um, it, it, it is a, a privilege and a blessing to 
be involved in one of the highest uh, achieving school systems in the state of Georgia. Um, I, I'm not in the classroom teaching and I recognize that you know it, that, that what goes on in the classroom is what has made us such a successful school system and so I'm appreciative of of the teachers that we have that work every day, work hard every day to to teach our students, appreciative of the students who uh, realize the blessing they have to be a part of such a great school system and to show their talents and to make us proud with uh, whether it's a state championship in cheerleading or whether it's uh, staging a, a musical that everybody stands up and applauds for or you know whether it's going out and playing soccer in the rain and uh, you know now we have things like fishing and uh, bass fishing and um, uh, flag football uh, which was I attended some of those games so all, all of those things that just enhance the the quality of life in the community so you know every everything that goes on inside the classroom and outside the classroom is just a, a blessing and um, I, I hope hope the community uh, realizes the jewel that uh, Monroe County has with with this school system I have very little uh, to do with the successes of it but I get to uh, to enjoy those and celebrate those so um, so that's a gift well thank you mr. Daniel for joining us today. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. To end today's show, we have an interview with Dr. Denise Buff to talk about Shop Small Saturday in downtown Forsyth. So after our last conversation, this little Shop Small Saturday that it hadn't even started yet, uh, how would you say things have been going with it? We had a lot of people turn out for it. We had people from out of town that came. And each of the businesses that I have talked to reported that they had done uh, more business on that Saturday than they've done in a while. It kind of started something because the other Saturdays after that, we saw a, a pretty big increase. So it was really well attended. So what are some of the businesses that are a part of the Shops on Saturday? In our downtown area, we have several uh, shops. Um, we've got Girl and a Goat. Uh, we have Coteque. We have Sage and Sparrow. Mm -hmm. We have the um, Hometown Treasures. We have the Artisan Guild. Magnolia Spa also has um, things to purchase there as well. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we have um, other shops like even the um, Ace Hardware on the Square. Um, they had some specials running and we had um, several of the restaurants, well, all of the restaurants that were open had um, some special deals as well. This is designed so each business can really do what they want to do, their own type of specials, their own um, things that they want to do. And um, I'll go ahead and tell you about what we have coming up if you want me to. Yes, ma'am. I would love that. Okay. Well, the first Saturday is um, also Easter weekend Saturday. Right. And um, it's not this Saturday, but it's next Saturday. 
Charlotte and Gage is going to be doing a buy one, get one with their uh, sell, best-selling sugar scrubs. And then Her Majesty is going to be open for brunch from 10 to 3 that day. Jonas is going to have a slice salad and drink special all day that day. And um, you can even add a glass of wine, beer, or wine slushy. Um, they have outdoor seating, which is really nice. Um, hopefully, the weather is going to be beautiful. And yeah. Holly from Sage and Sparrow is going to have a sale and refreshments. And then at the Artisan Gallery, each artisan um, has the ability to put their things on sale. We already have several things that have been marked off. Um, so we have a big sale going there. And that's just what I know of right now as far as the stores. There will be others that will be coming up. Um, but we also have something really exciting. There is going to be an Easter egg scavenger hunt throughout the town, um, the town square area. And there are going to be more details coming out about that. But um, when you find an egg, it's going to... Um, be associated with prizes and gifts and things. How can people find out more about which businesses are participating and the deals that they are offering? Um, keep checking the Forsyth Main Street website and the Forsyth Main Street Facebook page. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Buff. Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.